All right, thank you very much, ladies. are very beautiful. Uh, let's turn in our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 25, and we're going to pray and get started this morning. And uh, wonderful Easter Sunday morning. Uh, boy, we're going <clears> to <throat> we're going to just enjoy the whole day, and uh, we're going to enjoy Jack's birthday today. Uh, today is Jack's birthday. Uh, he turned 12, and we're going to have a big hoot nanny back at the house. And I've been bragging about how that this might be his best birthday ever. Uh, it'll be his best birthday all year, though, that's for sure. All right. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 25, and please turn there with me. Verse number 8 and uh, verse number 9. The Bible says, He will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from, uh, from off all faces. And the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off the earth, for the Lord has spoken it. And it shall be said in that day, lo, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Way back in the book of Isaiah chapter 25. Let's pray together. Our Father today, thank you for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. We pray both uh, to the Lord Jesus and to the Father and also to the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus and through the Holy Spirit today. We thank you for the triune God, the God of heaven, that the Father and we pray and thank you for the Son and we pray and thank you for the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us and fill us today with the Spirit of God. We pray that this day would be celebrated all throughout the world. Every Christian in the world, every single child of God that's saved, help them to know that Jesus is on the way and he could be coming very soon. And that, thank God, we serve a risen Savior uh, who's in the world today. And Lord, we pray and thank you that there are, there are many, many people all over the world that love you. And we pray our country would uh, be granted a great revival, the, a revival that the world has never seen before. I pray that America, Lord, when we get back to, to work, I pray missionaries would be sent out. I pray that everybody would take seriously their job for the Lord again. And uh, help us to re re be reminded how important it is to serve Jesus and to be strong Christians. I pray this would be the best thing ever happened to our country. And we pray for those that are sick today that you'll bless them with healing. And we pray for the families all over America and the world that are grieving for the loss of their loved ones. But we pray, Lord, you'll help us to get strong and go forward and uh, do the work of Jesus Christ in the white harvest fields all over the world. And we pray that in these last days, Lord, that you'll help us to get more done than we ever dreamed of. We pray our, all of our church families and folks and friends and members, and we pray that you'll give us all a, a very wonderful revival and bring us back together soon. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, uh, I'd like you to turn in the Bible, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, as we uh, talk about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you and I would never even know what resurrection is had it not been for the risen Savior, the Lord Jesus, 
who after three days and three nights raised from the tomb. He was uh, resurrected in the fullness of his glory and the brightness of his uh, wonderful uh, visage. The Bible says they saw him. Uh, 400 men saw him after he was risen from the grave. He uh, ate dinner or supper with the disciples uh, several times. And so just remember that we wouldn't know what resurrection is. We wouldn't understand it a bit because the disciples didn't really understand it until they got to touch him, until Thomas got to put his hands in the wounds of Jesus, until they got to see him and talk with him. They didn't really realize what uh, resurrection was all about because Jesus said, I want you to feel me, touch me. A spirit doesn't have flesh and bones as you see me have. So Jesus was actually resurrected in bodily form. And uh, of course, he was seen of Mary in the garden. So she thought he was a gardener. So the truth of the matter is that Jesus Christ is alive. He's well, he's wonderful, and he's coming back. And we wouldn't even know anything about it had it not been for the, the disciples seeing him. In order to be an apostle, they had to see the risen Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Apostle Paul had qualifications of he too was uh, being an apostle of the Lord. Let's go in the first book of Corinthians when uh, he was uh, preaching and teaching and sending letters to the church at Corinth. Look at chapter 15, the last chapter of the, of the first Corinthians. In verse 51, Paul tells us about this resurrection. Watch it now. He says in verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Boy, we... We, uh, we thank God that when, when that incorruptible word was put in the Bible, that means you're not going to have anything wrong with you whatsoever when you get resurrected. When, when Jesus was resurrected, the only thing, uh, of course, that he carried with him that would be very recognizable sometimes was just the fact that he was scarred. And uh, we, we, unfortunately, we're going to have to see those scars, but yet those are a tremendous blessing to us. Uh, he does carry those scars in his body. But you and I, we're not going to have anything wrong with us. We're not going to be uh, full of sickness and pain and headaches. None of that. Look at verse 53. For this corruptible, that's your body, must put on incorruption. And this mortal, this mortal body, must put on immortality. Incorruption and immortality. What a blessing. That's what we're headed to. See, Jesus, he, um, he, he never had a corrupted body anyway. He, he, he was never uh, susceptible to the sin and corruption of, of evil in his body. He was only uh, uh, put on at the cross. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. But Jesus never committed any sin. He never had any uh, sickness running through his body. He was not, he was incorruptible. But you and I, we're, we're different. We have, uh, we have some corruption going on 
in our mortal body all the time, every day, there's something wrong with us. Uh, we could be carrying different things. Obviously, it's been exposed that many people were carrying a virus. Uh, but that's a common thing in, in life. If, if you knew what you would be carrying at any one moment, uh, you, you would probably uh, live, <clears throat> you'd probably check into the hospital and live there. But you see, we're going to be raised incorruptible. There be no corruption in our mortal bodies. Look at verse 54 now. It says, so when this corruptible <clears throat> shall have put on incorruption and this mortal, this mortal body, this corruptible body shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And that's what we read in Isaiah chapter 25. That's, he's quoting Isaiah. The, the Apostle Paul was quoting this wonderful uh, prophet Isaiah when he said death will be swallowed up in victory. In verse 55, O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But verse 57, look at this, folks. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are living right now as Christians with the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are already resurrected in the future. In other words, you, you, you might as well just plan on it because it's going to happen. You might as well live as if you won the battle. You ought, to, you, ought to, you ought to live your life as a victorious Christian because we have been uh, promised the resurrection of Jesus. So when I die, I want you to know something. You're going to see me again. And when you die, if you're saved, we're going to see you again. And we're going to know you. We're going to know each other. God said it because they know and recognize Jesus Christ. Now think about this for a minute before we go too far in the message, there's an undercurrent right now in today's society, uh, deep underneath all the, uh, the publicity, all the newscasts, and all the, all the problems that's going on right now with this virus, there's an undercurrent way down deep, and folks, I think I know what it is. Deep down underneath all this is a fear of death. People don't have a count in the city. Let's say New York. They're not concerned about a headache count today. They, they're not concerned about a broken leg count. In fact, they're not even really concerned about people that have a stroke or a heart attack. In all these major cities, you know what they're really concerned about deep down underneath? It's the fear of death. And it is a very, very real fear. But... If you are look in the Bible and you realize God takes care of that one fear, that's the first thing he gives us, is eternal life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You see, people are concerned about when they die. And it's not to be made fun of by any means. But listen, folks, I got I to tell you, the first thing that God does when he saves a person, 
He gives them the truth that you're going to live forever and you build on that truth over and over in your life. As long as you're a Christian, you keep visiting that truth over and over and pretty soon uh, you, get, you get this grace that God gives you and he takes a lot of the fear away. I'm not fear, I don't have any fear of death. I just don't, I have the fear of how it's going to happen, you know. But there's a whole world out there that has no idea what's going to happen to them should they die. But the Bible is very clear about that. Well, they're, not, they're not counting hay fever today. They're not counting headaches and broken legs today. They're counting people. They say the death count, the death count. It's very serious. They're losing loved ones. So what is this fear? Now, you shouldn't fear death. You should not fear. A Christian should not fear death because it says, oh, death, where is thy victory? Death is swallowed up in victory. Uh, it says right there in the Bible, death, where is thy sting? Where's this, where's this huge sting? Where's a grave? Hey, grave, oh, grave, you, you, big, you big hole in the ground over there. Uh, where's your victory? See, Christians have victory over death. The victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. He rose from the grave. He actually came out of the grave bodily. When they went into the tomb, they couldn't find him. He, he made his bed. He, he, he folded his grave clothes in one section. And then over uh, on another part, he put his head covering there, his, his grave clothes. So there was no way that anybody could get inside that tomb. They had guards on it. And, and, and there's just absolutely nothing short of a fantastic miracle that, that happened on the day of his resurrection. By the way, today is Sunday and it's Sunday morning. Three days and three nights back would be Thursday. So it's not good Friday. All Fridays are good. Uh, but, but it's not Friday. Jesus was uh, crucified on a Thursday. If you do the math, it's three days and three nights, then you end up with Sunday morning when he was resurrected very early on Sunday morning. So uh, listen, there's, uh, there, there's, there's that time when he was in the tomb, uh, <clears throat> but the Bible says he didn't stay there either. He went down into the heart of the earth. But I want to focus on the fact when Peter and John came into the tomb, the stone was rolled away. And what did they see inside? They saw an angel. They saw an angel and he says, uh, what, what are you doing here? He's not in here. He's, he's risen. He's raised from the dead. He's gone. And so Jesus actually got out of the tomb and he was walking and talking and touching people and eating with people. Jesus isn't just some, some story. He's not some fairy tale. Jesus Christ is coming back. He's real. He's going to come back again. And he's going he's gonna to walk with us and talk with us. He's going to be our shepherd once again. He, we, we serve a risen Savior. He's alive today. He's taken that fear of death away from people. We're not supposed to live every day of our lives as if we're going to die. We're supposed to live our lives as if we're going to live forever, not die. Every city, oh, they're so focused on the death count. You know why, though? Every time there's a problem in the world, whether it's a war or a pandemic or some kind of devastating problem, maybe an earthquake or 
mudslides or a famine or some kind of a terrible disease, whatever Satan can use, he's enjoying all that. And what he does is he tries to get people to make decisions that will give him more power and he's using these tragedies to manipulate and motivate and uh, he's trying to organize and get all structured up so that he can have a one world government and one world power and one single person at the heat of the top of the, the, the heap of power. And, and Satan wants control of this world. So you watch, folks, right in the middle of all this pandemic and all this fear of death, Satan's at work. And I, I promise you he's at work right now. He's at work in our, in our uh, state. He's at work all over America. He would love to have you and I just hand over all of our God-given rights so that he could have control. And listen, that's going to happen more and more as the days go by. I want you to see something. Would you turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 14? Lest you forget, there's, uh, there is a power at work in the world. Uh, the Bible calls Satan the little g, God of this world. It's very true, very true. And until he's taken out of the way and, and completely eradicated, he will be used uh, and he will use these uh, pandemics. So be careful. Hang on to your rights. Don't, don't, don't give them all up just to be safe and healthy. You shouldn't fear all this. You shouldn't have any fear about it. If you have to go to the doctor, then praise God for doctors and if you need to be healed, then praise God for good medicine. Amen. Go and do everything you can to stay healthy. But now let's see what Satan, underneath all this, there's a fear of death. And then right alongside the fear of death, there's somebody working every, every day, uh, especially when things like this happen. He's at work. Satan's at work. He's really trying to make headway. And it started way back uh, as you see, when he was uh, kicked out of heaven, look at verse 12 of chapter 14 of Isaiah. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? The nations are being weakened right now. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of the prisoners? Boy, Satan is as real as anything in this world. You know, I, I must say, I'm glad that Jesus beat the devil hand-to-hand -hand combat practically when he was taken up 
uh, in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And he was a hungered and he was fasting. And Satan tried to tempt the Lord Jesus. And he withstood every temptation that the devil himself threw at him. I don't think men and women are that strong all the time, do you? I feel like when you're, at, you're about to die, you'd just do about anything, wouldn't you, uh, to stay alive. And you know, Jesus was ready to die. He's, and it, it, Satan could have offered him a cup of water, and if he was supposed to deny it, he would have died denying that water. Uh, men and, and women and mankind were not that strong. When, when you really need something really bad, like health or food or, 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 or breath, you do just about anything to keep it. And therefore, Satan could, in some way or another, try to tempt you and I and try to uh, get his way somehow, some way, with mankind. But if it hadn't been for Jesus who withstood that temptation, you and I wouldn't have victory over death. He went all the way to the grave all the way to the grave, resisting sin. He never sinned one time. And because of that, he actually completely devastated the work of the devil. And we have a champion. We have a savior. And he died on the cross for our sins. Look at John chapter 11 for just a minute in our Bibles. In John chapter 11, Jesus promised eternal life, but when Lazarus died, Martha was so upset. Uh, Mary and Martha, they, they were uh, very close, and Jesus was very close to Lazarus. So we have this family, this, uh, no parents were mentioned here, and Lazarus, of course, passed away. And then uh, what happened was that Jesus let him die without resurrecting him but look at what he said here uh, we'll start off in uh, excuse me verse uh, 21 <clears throat> it says uh, John, John 11 Whoa, I better not read that that wouldn't even go alright then said Martha unto Jesus Lord if thou hadst been here my brother had not died that's true. Jesus could have kept him alive. But God let that happen for a reason. Verse 22 says, But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. She had faith in Jesus. She was saying, If you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. But even right now, you could raise him up if you wanted to. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. Look at verse 23. Jesus saith unto her, quote, Thy brother shall rise again. Did you know if Lazarus is going to rise again, that same promise is to you and me? If Lazarus is going to come out of the grave, then you're going to come out of the grave. If Lazarus is going to rise again, then you're going to rise again. You're going to be seen again. Death is not the worst thing to happen to anybody. This virus is not public enemy number one. It's just temporarily what everybody's focused on right now. Don't you wish everybody was focused on eternal life as much as they're focused on this virus? Don't you wish everybody was focused on the Bible like they are on this pandemic? Don't you wish we shut down the whole country 
and get into our Bibles for maybe a month or so? Oh, listen, our country can handle this for a while. We're the most prosperous nation in the world. And even the poverty-stricken people in America are, getting, are going to get a check from the government. Listen, we really have it good here in America. But I'll tell you what, this is not the worst thing to happen in the whole wide world is not a pandemic. The worst thing to happen in the whole world is somebody that would die without Jesus Christ in their heart as their Savior, without believing in Jesus. Oh, I pray this message would get out to the whole world somehow, some way. You know, there's the written word, and then there's the living word. Jesus is the living word of God. He's alive today. And you and I, praise God, we have the written word. The written word and the living word are one in the same. Jesus has full authority with the written word of God because he wrote the Bible. What he said, you and I can say. What he did, you and I can have right here a picture of what Jesus did in the Bible. This is absolutely true because it's the written word which goes exactly, harmonizes exactly with what the, what the uh, living word has said. Jesus Christ, the word of God. You know what he said? Thy brother shall rise again. And did you know Lazarus did rise again? But before it happened, look at this, verse 24. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. Isn't that a wonderful phrase? I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now watch this, folks. This is one of the most pointed Piercing verses in the whole Bible. It's one of the most wonderful verses you'll ever read in the Bible. And whosoever, that's you and I, whosoever liveth, that's you and I, and believeth in me. Now, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Are you alive and do you believe in Jesus Christ? The Bible says, you shall never die. Now, wait a minute. That seems to be a paradox. It seems to be a contradiction in the Bible. Up, 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 found the first mistake in the Bible. Folks, that's ridiculous. There is no uh, mistake in the Bible. The Bible is not making a mistake here. Now, it says, believest thou this? In other words, if you're saved, if you have Jesus in your heart, you won't die. Your body dies. That's it. Your body is corrupted. Your body is fallible. Your, your body has problems. But if you're saved, you as a person, you will never die. The Bible says from to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, some people can't do that because they die without Jesus. They don't have eternal life. Jesus was resurrected from the grave. He was brought up and he was seen among men and he was touched and handled and he, he, he was talked to and they ate with him and they got, to, they got to speak with him and they had conversations with him and they, they, they walked with him 
and they learned. He taught them. He was, he was alive, I think, somewhere around 40 days. He walked and talked and ate. And, and listen, they just wanted to deny it. All the unbelievers, all that. That Jesus, he never came out of the grave. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, he's just a, he's just a cult member. No, he's not a cult member. He's God Almighty. He's God in the flesh. And he was resurrected and they watched him and talked with him. First John says, that which we have seen with our eyes, we've heard him with our ears, and our hands have handled the word of life. They got to handle him and touch him. Jesus is real. He's just as real as you and I are right now. And you know what? He said, you're never going to die if you believe in me. And then he says, do you believe this? Believest thou this? You know, Martha, I bet you she had an encouraging time with Jesus. Her brother had died, but you know, she believed that he was going to rise again. I have relatives that went on to be with the Lord. Their bodies are still in the grave, but their souls are with the Lord. It's a wonderful thing to have that hope. Jesus promised eternal life to all true believers. Because Jesus died for, for us, you and I will never have to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Where is God? What happened? I don't want to go to hell. What, what, where am I? What happened? We'll never have to experience that ever. Jesus experienced that for us because on the cross of Christ, when he died on Calvary, he said, right before he passed away, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You know what the Bible teaches? You and I that believe in Jesus will never be forsaken. We'll never be alone. We'll never have that. We'll never have to say, God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's not ever going to come out of our mouths because as soon as you pass away in your body, as soon as your body dies, the Bible said you go straight to be with the Lord. You're going to be resurrected one day. When the time comes, you'll have a new body when that day comes. But if you, if you died today, the Bible says immediately, immediately, you go to be with the Lord. You know, I don't really, I, I don't really ever want to get sick. I know that. You don't either. I don't ever want to have cancer. I was talking to my children this morning and I said, you know, if I did have to pick a way uh, to pass away, uh, I would like it to happen in uh, about a millionth of a second with no pain and no problem and then I'd be happy. Of course I don't want to pass away because I'm rather weak and I don't, I don't like pain. Anybody, anybody don't like pain? I hate pain. I don't want to hurt. I, I, I just don't like to hurt. I mean, if, uh, if my pillow's not adjusted just properly, I, I can't sleep. See, uh, we're weak, aren't we? How, uh, how, many, how many of you men out there, you're kind of weak when it comes to dental uh, work, right? I, I don't know. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how ladies uh, have children because uh, I, it just, it's just got to be, it's just got to be amazing to... Uh, I know, they're tough. They're tough gals. They are. I've experienced, uh, you know, a, lo a lot of births and uh, 
it hurt, uh, but not, not like my wife was going through it. I, I had mental anguish. She had physical anguish. Oh, my soul. We, I don't want to die. That's okay to not want to die, but I don't fear it. I'm not, listen, you're not going to catch me in a hazmat suit tomorrow. Do you understand? If you want to wear a mask, I say, go ahead. When I run into somebody with a mask, you know what I say? Hey, good thing you have a mask on. We're both safe now. Because <laughs> you can't give it to me and I can't give it to you. So you go ahead and wear them. Praise God. I think it's great. I ain't going to wear nothing. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I might, be, I might be not handling this right. Well, Brother Shaver, you're going to go to jail. Well, you know, maybe they'll pass them out there, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have a hazmat suit on because once you start, where do you stop? Well, I got the mask on. That's good. I said, like I said, go ahead. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying, well, why don't you have gloves on too? And if you got gloves on, why don't you have booties on? And if you got gloves and boot, what? How come you don't have a hat on? Don't you know that stuff can get in your hair? And then if you do that, well, why don't you have a full suit on? Why don't you look like you're going to go and paint a car? And then you got to, ha- I saw a guy at Home Depot, and I, <laughs> I don't know, uh, I'm sorry, but it was funny. He, he, he had these big canisters on. It looked like he was painting a car. And he came in the front door, and he was talking to one of the cashiers, and he goes, how do you know what he's saying man the guy's serious why did you even come out today and then I'm over here I got my grubby clothes on I'm buying paint and and I go yeah I I don't know I don't know I guess it's just because I'm not scared of it you say oh brother shaver if you got sick you'd be scared of it I I don't know I don't know folks listen Underneath it all is the fear of death. Underneath that is the working of, the, of satanic power. And it's all coming and moving. Listen, I want you to know something. The Lord Jesus Christ has promised you eternal life. You need not fear what man could do to you. You need not fear what the body could do to you. You don't have to fear sickness and death. You don't have to fear all that. And listen, we all know that it could happen to any of us. But look at the apostles. They didn't fear death. Most of them were martyrs. Look at these old school people that down through the years, they die. I saw a man die of heart attack and uh, his heart was so weak he could barely breathe. He was in intensive care. And you know what he told me? He said, could you get my hymn book out? I want to sing a song. And do you know who he was? He was Gerald Sutek's dad in Jacksonville, Florida. And he sang with his dear wife in intensive care, the ICU intensive cardiac unit. He was laying there. And I talked to another man named Brother O'Rourke. And uh, Brother, Brother O'Rourke was in San Diego one time. And he called me up and he wanted me to come because the nurses, it was on a day of holiday and our, our church got the call. And he said that uh, he just wanted a preacher to come and talk to him. The nurse called our church. I was the only one on staff that was there that day. I was studying. I took the call. He said, she said, can you come up to the hospital? There's a gentleman here that just wants to talk to somebody about the Lord. It was a perfect meeting for me 
I went up to the intensive care. I went right into the cardiac unit. He had a defibrillator and all that. He was just, his heart was so weak. He's listening to me now, I guarantee you. And you know what? Brother O'Rourke, he, I, I asked him if, if he were to die that day. Now, that's a big question for somebody that's going to die that day. But I, I did it very compassionately. I asked him, I said, Brother O'Rourke, uh, I didn't call him brother then, but I said, if this takes your life, do you know for sure you're going to go to heaven? He said, no. I said, can I show you? Would you like to know how to be saved and go to heaven? He said, oh, please, could you show me? I showed him how to be saved out of the Bible, and he prayed right there while he was on his almost deathbed, and he asked Jesus to come into his heart, took all the fear away, all of it. And he, and he died later, but <clears throat> he's with the Lord today. He doesn't, he doesn't have to live in fear. Jesus takes that fear away. Now, lastly, I want you to turn with me to the book of Romans on this beautiful Easter morning and remember that you and I have been promised eternal life. But I want to show you something before we go. It's so sweet and so wonderful. I wish you could take some time uh, today to just go over these, just a few verses in Romans chapter 8. And by the way, when we get back uh, and going again as a regular church, uh, Brother Carlson's going to be later on teaching the book of Romans. I hope you'll read it and get familiarized with these passages of scriptures and get to know what the promises of God are today. The promises of God, we're going to live forever. We're going to beat death. Victory is not in the grave. Victory is in Jesus. And the death has no more power over us. Let's look at it and see. And lastly, chapter 8. If you'll go to verse number 9, 9 through 11. Here's the promise. Watch it, folks. It says now, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit if you're a believer. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So you either have salvation or you do not. There's no in-between there. So you that have received Christ as your Savior, you put your faith in Him and you have, have been saved by His precious blood. You called upon His name. You invited Him into your heart. You called and said, Lord, please save me. You did what God told us to do. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Look at it. Verse 10, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Today, we have the promise of eternal life in Christ Jesus. It is not an idle promise. It's not a boast. It's a fact of the Bible. Because Jesus died on the cross and he rose again. You and I that believe in him, we will rise again. We will be bodily res resurrected in Christ Jesus. And praise God, we'll never have to worry about anything again. Today, 
if you're even a, a shadow of a doubt about your own personal salvation, trust Christ as your Savior. And pray for those around us. And let's be good Christians and let's work through this and let's get back to work. But let's live as though we're going to live forever. Thank you so much for listening. And God bless you. Now tonight, we're going to be uh, meeting back here in six hours at six o'clock for the evening service. And I hope tonight that you'll be with us too to tune in. And we're going to have a wonderful church service. And we want to thank you for uh, being here this morning. God bless you and happy Easter. Thank you. Amen.